Hi guys, and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm Adam. I'm JB. Uh, unfortunately, it's just us two tonight. We don't have uh, a couple of us had prior uh, engagements, um, so it's just going to be me and JB. We're going to riff off some spoilers. Um, talk about just let's go talk about magic for tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also, uh, you know, as always, like to uh, thank the Comic Vault for our sponsorship and uh, let everyone know that we are running a. Um, an arch enemy tournament here at the comics vault uh what was the date on that it was the uh following weekend after the uh throne of eldraine release so i think that's, that's right. like october 4th or some something like that yeah prize sports gonna be pretty nuts um come on down if you can make it uh and speaking of throne of eldraine we have some real spicy spoilers um we've been getting an absolute ton of them with the brawl decks the planeswalker decks and just the regular set um i'm a fan uh personally yeah, yeah I, I am too i think they're really going full heartedly into this and they're really going deep for uh the storytelling purposes and stuff like that it makes me actually want to go out and read the uh what is it? The Wilderness or Wilderness Journey? I think is the book that they came out with for the uh, Throne of Eldraine set. Yeah, I think so. It's it either that, it's like the Wildness, that. yeah, like the Wildness Journey, yeah, something um, like that. But it's like the set, as far as flavor goes. I'm a I'm a flavor whore. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, like the adventure mechanic, I think is uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, I like getting to cast a spell and then get a creature later is pretty tasty um and even just like if you remember when we talked about throne of eldraine when there was only you know you know one spoiler for it back in like our second episode or first episode and i called that garuk <laughs> was coming back and he was gonna be the huntsman i remember that so i was like as soon as they're like oh he's back i'm like mm, called it yeah too too easy too easy um but, they came out with a really cool theatrical trailer, uh, something that they're doing for kind of each set. Gingy, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. it was about uh, two, uh, a ginger man and a ginger woman, and uh, they come to life and then have Garuk fight a bunch of knights uh, in the background and stuff, and eventually Garuk eats the uh, one cookie, and then the uh, female cookie gets a little mad and tries to uh, shank him with a uh, fork, but... Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Uh, that's kind of the nature of the set, I feel like. It's just kind of fun. Whimsical, yes. I think is a good word. Um, um, I was, I like, for the trailer, I was a little upset that it took Garuk that long to beat up just regular knights. Yeah. Like, the dude is a massive beast of a man with an axe, and it took him the length of most of that trailer to fight these random like guard a you know what i mean yeah. like like dude you're a, you're a planes walking monster just destroy these dudes and did he have his axe i don't remember yeah that yeah because the, the axe cuts into oh, yeah. the hands cuts, hand. like, cuts the hands in half uh yeah i well the apparently in the book the first chapter got released online just for a little uh preview and oko uh the uh, other new planeswalker in this set apparently took control of his mind and is using him in his shenanigans against like the crown yeah uh in the set and it's so, hilarious garuk's mind hasn't been his own for like years and yeah. years and years uh with the chain veil first mm -hmm. you know and now he's like veil cursed and then he comes to this place and then this dude's just like hey that's my brain 
but I did hear in the book he looked a little more at peace than when he was just veil cursed and stuff like that. So, I mean, my, without being a blue planeswalker, he is one of my favorite planeswalkers and flavorful for story yeah, purposes. I just, I guess my my point was that that like Grooks had a rough couple of years. He has. He has. <laughs> it's just, good to see him back. Though. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. Like, we haven't seen him since 2015. He kind of went off the radar there. We didn't hear any little blips or anything of what he's been up to. So hopefully in the next couple sets, or maybe they even with, like, the introduction of these uh, four new sets that they're going to release throughout the year, maybe we'll get some more story behind him, and they'll set up something along the Oath Oath of the Gate Watch kind of deal with him and maybe some other characters especially since we've already found out that we're going back to theros yeah and that elspeth is going to be one of the driving forces between that um it's just like they put these planes you know they they make these planeswalkers just go off and do whatever you know and Mm -hmm. put them in the plot pocket and it's just like okay we just wrapped up war of the spark that was a huge thing oh, wait, these people are just still sitting in the wings, and I know they write the stories for, you know, they, they plot the story for Wizards uh, extremely far in advance. Yeah, I think it's know, like four years or something, something like, like that. that. Um, but, you know, who knows? Like, with the newest sets, Ikora or Ikiora. Yeah, something the, along those the monstery lines. monstery set. Yeah. And, you know, stuff, so... They're just taking these planeswalkers and kind of just chucking them back in there because now we need new narrative since we were... That was a lot of of loose ends. I like, agree. War of the Spark was a lot of loose ends tied up. Well, a lot of people are going with, like, this is the Avengers of the uh, magic world and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, fair. Uh they can kind of, I kind of like it where there's a lot of loose ends to where they can there's more story to be laid out there for them. I think a lot of people are kind of tired of the same oath uh, or the Gatewatch characters. Like we ha- we've had how many Chandras in the last couple of years, how many Jaces in the last couple of years, and so on and so forth with the other members. Um, it's kind of nice and refreshing to go back to some old characters and go back to their story. And really, co- it's really cool. We're gonna finally see the underworld in Theros. Uh, something yeah. I've been excited about. Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something I've been very excited about uh, since uh, Theros itself. Um, then we, like you said, we're going to go to that behemoth monster plane. Uh, Rosewater had said that there's going to be uh, a really good mechanic coming out of that set. So we, I'm very interested. He said it's probably one of the most busted mechanics in a while so i think he, i think what he said was like uh, that it was just like one of the more out there like it was yeah i i really think they're gonna try they i think the the last unset was a tester for this so you think something along the lines where you get to create your own monster mm-hmm. yeah i could see that um i think that was one of the really cool mechanics that came out of the last unset um being able to create a monster and be uh, have the shenanigans that intertwine with both when either one enters or an ability triggers and then the yeah. other side of the ability gets triggered off the same thing. I think um, that's pretty, pretty cool. It is cool. Um, then we're going to go to 2021, and that is the uh, summer set, I believe, third quarter, and uh, we are going to get a lot of Teferi stuff. So if you're a Teferi fan, uh, that'll be real cool. If you, I mean, if you, if you were playing... 
you know anything like standard and any you know modern where Teferi's have become pretty pretty good. Yeah, uh, Hero of Dominaria and then uh, Baby Teferi. Yeah, you know, being able to run both of them in the same deck. You know. Yeah, both of those in the last two years have been all stars. Well, Teferi has been Teferi Hero of Dominaria has been a menace. Oh, it yeah. was for a while in you know a little Dominaria standard and then uh, M19 standard. It was just a powerhouse. It was absolutely insane. Well, it was up there like I think like forty some dollars. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Um, so that is, that's a testament to its power alone. And then. Now I think since it's finally going to get to be rotated out here at the end of the month, I think this is now when it's going to drop. But people are now talking uh, since the Stoneford Mystic unbanning that that could, they could possibly do some shenanigans there with uh, like a blue white Azorius kind of build. I don't know how far that would go in modern, but um, I'm not sure that the hero, the hero Dominaria. I don't know if. Stoneforge, like, really loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Phoenix decks were possibly like running one or two of the heroes. I'm, I I can't remember if it was the hero, if it was the baby. I, it was probably Baby Teferi. Yeah, because makes sense. Um, but with the the bands coming through in uh, modern for Hogak and Faithful saluting. Um, we get it. You don't want to play out of the graveyard. Um, I mean, they had been priming magic for a little while with tons of answers. They reprinted Grafdigger's Cage. They reprinted Leyline of the Void. It was just like, oh, you guys are probably going to complain about this Hogak card. So when in R and D when we tested it, um, so here's we're going to print a bunch of stuff to like, you know. Less than Leyline of the Void, which was like forty five dollars, yeah, you know, yeah, at a tight. There. So, you know, they print the Leyline and they print the Graph Digger's Cage and like, oh here's the answers and then everyone's just like, you know, we can't ban bridge from below and then it was you know, oh that wasn't good enough. Um, Hogak's still pretty nuts. And yeah, I mean, I don't play a lot of modern, but I think it's kind of it kind of sucks to have just been released in Horizons and already two months later. Yeah. It's, it's banned. I just, I it just one. It's a such a feels bad to me yeah. whenever you buy a pack of Modern Horizons and you crack it and you get a Hogak now. Yeah, it's just like, well, this is trash. <laughs> well, that was kind of like. Uh, as far as I heard, the driving force, like, I mean, obviously for us in Commander, there was a lot of Commander cards, but uh, for the modern players, like, Ren and Six and Hogak were, like, the driving force to sell packs for the Modern Horizons. And, and the Force of Negation. Oh, yeah, that Force of Negation. That was also pretty yeah. massive. Yeah, that's, uh, well, since Force of Will can't be run and stuff like that, that's kind of taken the place in yeah. Modern and whatnot. And, like, old peasy. You know, mm-hmm. seasoned pyromancer, old peasy instead of young peasy, and then uh, that ranger captain, the uh, ranger captain, knight, knight captain of Eos, well, the the captain, yeah, but yeah, uh, all those are sitting at like a steady above ten bucks at least. Oh, yeah? You know the the seasoned pyromancer I think is closer to twenty, but um, yeah, I just really think like with the bannings, you know, really kind of. Ah, it's just such a feels bad. Yeah, um, 
I'm sorry to people out there who were trying to build Hokak decks. Um, and then with the Faithless Looting banning with uh, Arclight. the Arclight, like, how big of a power vacuum is sitting in uh, modern right now? Arclight took a hit, still, oh, I think it's still okay. Um, yeah. In, like, Hogak was the big cheese, you know, for a little bit. And it, it's almost like a return to Eldrazi Winter, where uh, when BFZ had just released a Battle for Zendikar um, and Oath and the Mimic, there was like a Mimic deck, the Eldrazi Mimic, with Eldrazi Temples, and you could have two Thought Knots on turn two. Oh, wow. Because um, you play the Temple, Mimic, and then Temple, Thought Knot, then the other one becomes a Thought Knot, mm-hmm. and you, sw- you swing for beats. And then, you know, that's also a reality smasher after that. You know, it was just real good. Yeah. And I think with the, the eye banning was, I mean, you know, we don't see much Eldrazi. It's coming back now that Hogak got the axe, a little bit more Eldrazi, like Azorius Eldrazi. Yeah. Celestia Eldrazi. Those are some uh, combinations that I haven't, like, I haven't seen and never sat down and, like, because there were, for a while, I had, uh, even before, like, we had met and whatnot, I was planning out a modern deck, and I, uh, it was Mono Blue Tron. Uh, and before that, the only Tron decks I really saw was uh, Green Red and Green Tron mm-hmm. decks and stuff like that. So seeing a Selesnia come out of the woodwork, seeing an Azorius come out of the woodwork, I think that's cool. Um, I, like... From the last couple sets, the uh, Tron decks are looking really strong, even with just the Karn itself from um, uh, War. War of the Spark. Yeah, and then Microsoft Vlad is putting that in there and whatnot. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't play Modern, but I, we sit enough and play Commander like that, and it's a, it's a nuisance. Yeah, I mean, you know, that the whole Karn fetching the Microsoft Vladis in any format is pretty good. Yeah. Um, now you have to resolve it, of course, but if you're stocked up on responses, then what can they really do? Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to, uh, like, see where this new modern metagame is going. Like, we'll we'll see. The uh, the newest deck to pop up was the uh, Nipton's It Reborn deck. Oh, yeah? Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Five color pillar of the parents. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, it's that land that taps for any color as long as you're casting a multicolor spell. Mm-hmm. And like every spell in the deck is multicolor. Multicolor. Um, it's uh, it actually made a top eight. So oh, really? Yeah, pillar of the parents, which was a trash land pretty much for most of its life, um, is now thirty bucks. Are you <laughs> it's serious? Like Twenty five dollars. Oh wow, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, uh, just out of nowhere. Yeah, well, uh, hey. Somebody top eights with it, and then everyone buys it out. That's just how it is. Yeah, I have noticed those trends throughout my years of Magic. Especially with Commander. Yeah. Yeah, Modern is a big uh, work for our workhorse for Magic, make, uh, changing prices all the time. And then now, recently, within the last couple of years, Commander has also done the same. I would say Commander is the number one offender. Yeah. Uh, mostly because a lot of the cards that are getting bought for Commander 
are not seen in modern or standard or even legacy. You know, like True. some cards that just get bought out are just cards that you know someone's going to want one of <laughs> in their commander deck. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look and minus the exception of legacy, like you have Sylvan Libraries, you have Demonic Tutors, you have uh, the uh, Synthi Top got banned in modern, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have the tops that you're allowed to use, and they're still holding a hefty price of like $30. Um, yep. All three of those cards, and then Sylvan Library, even more, I think it's like 40 45 yeah, I think Sylvan Library is like 40 But uh, that's why I like the format so much, is because you don't have to be restricted to a limited pool. You have all the magic and a ban list that you got to worry about. So, and I think one of the most interesting things to come out of the Eldraine uh, lore and card pool is all of the different, you know, fairy tales they managed to encapsulate in this set. Oh, yeah. Just, there's so many. Uh, as far as even just over Arturian legend, uh, you know, where you have, you, you essentially have the Lady of the Lake and, you know, King Arthur mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, they did even you know some of the more out there fairy tales like the three billy goats and the three billy goats gruff I think is what it's called. Yeah, I think you uh, are correct about that. Where the Clackbridge, Clackbridge troll, which is a troll that makes three goats for your opponent, and then they can sack a goat to make it so that uh, they tap Clackbridge troll, uh, you gain three life and you draw a card. So, five mana for an 8-8 Trample Haste, and that can just possibly straight up draw you uh, three cards and gain you nine life. That seems pretty good. And on top of that, talking about the troll, like, they only have, you only have so much to be able to sacrifice. If you're running, if you're not running creature decks, you're eventually going to run out of stuff, and he's going to clap you for eight at some point, and that's pretty hefty. Um, Look at Hogak. Yeah. I uh, I think uh, Rankle was pretty cool. I think he he reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin um, being the uh, master of pranks and all that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like uh, Robber of the Rich being Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And there's also the card that makes his merry men. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, I did see that. That enchantment, the Boros enchantment. Uh, that makes the Merry Men. I thought that was just super great. I, I love flavory stuff like that, so being able to, to make the, the Merry Men was... Uh, I think it's Outlaw's Merry Men. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the four-drop enchantment that does some pretty cool shit. Makes a, bunch of, makes a bunch of random tokens. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one at random. Create a red and white creature token with these characteristics. Uh, Three-one human warrior with trample haste. A 2-1 human cleric with lifelink in haste. And a 1-2 human rogue with haste. And when this creature enters the battlefield, it deals 1 damage to any target. So, you know, just... Uh, I, I just like this set. I don't think there's any, like, destructive powerhouses to come out of this set so far. Um, I think the closest thing we'll get to a really broken card... Uh, at least in practice, and not even possibly in Commander, but once upon a time, mm, mm. you know, 
uh, being that it's the you, if it's the first spell you've cast, you cast it for free. Search for a creature or a land, and be being that it's not a basic land, I think is really yeah. powerful. I think it's going to be an all star in standard. Um, I, I for us in commander, I don't think it's going to be that viable because the chances are very slim. Um, but at worst, it's Sylvan Scrying. Yeah, you know, it's Sylvan Scrying and a creature like or a creature. Yeah. So, you know, they threw a Shrek reference in here, you know. Did they uh, really? No, I didn't catch that. It's all that glitters. It's the Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah, all, okay. All that glitters. Uh, the two-drop enchantment that says enchant creature gets 1-1 one, one for each artifact and or enchantment you control. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Now. Yeah, okay. Uh, so no. this is, to me, this is just the Shrek set. Yeah, you know, like that's I, what I've, he- I've heard people refer to this set as. It's just like... This is Shrek and magic. <laughs> the Shrekening. Uh, but speaking of enchantments, there was one tasty one that came out today called uh, Deafening Silence. And it's for one white. Um, each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell this turn. Or each turn. So, shuts down uh, me as a control player. I'm not able to back up my counter spells on counter spells. And it saves uh, people being able to... Um, like most likely, I would decks. yeah, I would play this, and then um, whenever I go to cast something, I I have my counter spell. Uh, JB goes to counter my thing, I counter his thing, and then that's pretty much done. Stack's done, unless there's two other players who want to respond. But uh, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, it's a little different than uh, what's what's the other one, the uh, three drop enchantment. That only lets players cast one spell per turn. Oh, uh, rule of law. Rule of law. Yeah. There's also arcane laboratory. Okay, and that uh, one is. It's this. It's rule of thing. law, just in blue. Oh, okay. Um. As for blue stuff, I am a big fan of uh, Gadwick. Yeah, uh, it's a blue X spell. Of course, you like it. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, pretty cool. Um. You were saying, I think yesterday, that you can do some shenanigans with the high tide, uh, high tide, yeah. candelabra kind of deal, and uh, be able to just draw your deck. Now, I don't, I don't know how viable the uh, second ability is when it recasts blue spell. You get tapping on the impermanent. I've never been a big fan of that, uh, unless it keeps them tapped down for like an extra yeah. turn and stuff like that. I don't know how. Well, that's going to be received, but the draw X, uh, X spell on a creature, that's really cool. And if you don't want to pay X, I mean, you pay zero and you still get a dude for three blue. Yeah. Three, three blue devotion, which we're going to be hopefully getting some devotion cards here in Theros. Oh, man. Devotion is one of my favorite mechanics. I've missed it. Uh, I've missed it. Definitely. You know. And they, they came out with the, another the Relentless Rats of this set, yeah. which is the the seven dwarves, uh, which you can only have flavorfully uh, seven cards named seven dwarves in your deck. Uh, they're basically just a two-drop red dwarf creature that is gets one one for each other creature named seven dwarves you control. So, you know, I think that's super flavorful. Honestly, when I see this set, being that I've started to get into drafting more and whatnot. I think this is a very cool drafting set. Oh, definitely. Um, 100%. I'm very excited to sit down and play with these cards whenever this set comes out. 
uh, seven dwarfs. That's that's pretty good if you can get your hands on a couple of those. That's that's really good. Um, the one card one card that I liked, uh, which is really cool, um, that I didn't know they were going back to doing this is that they're going back to world championship cards. So the world uh, the world champ of last year uh, gets to basically design a card, and they get to put it in an upcoming set. I don't know if it's be. I don't know if he designed the card per se. Okay. Um, I think they stopped that with Tiago Chen. Okay. Uh, because Snapcaster Mage is really super super good. Yeah, it um, is. But I don't think he. I don't know if he designed the card, but I know that's his face. Yeah. Like he's just. It's, they're called vanity cards. Um, cards in Magic that reference or depict in art someone specific. Okay. So the original meddling mage. Um, oh man, what was it? Shadowblade infiltrator or something? Yeah, I uh, think is is one of those cards. Um, uh, Snapcaster mage, obviously. Uh, Dark Solemn, Solemn simulacrum. Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, I could see. I. I've noticed that whenever they do those cards, they're really powerful. So that's kind of where I was leaning towards that maybe they were, that's why they were doing that again. Um, he's really good. For one, Fervent Champion is a 1-1. One, one. Uh, first Strike and Haste, whenever he attacks, another target attacking knight you control gets plus one, plus zero until at a turn. And equip abilities, you activate that target Fervent Champion costs three less to activate. So you get to put a sword on him for free. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's flavorful. Yeah, he picks up a sword. Uh, I think the knight theme is really strong in this set. Oh, one hundred percent, especially with the brawl general. That's kind of yeah, it's kind of an understatement, but like it's honestly, it looks really fun to play. Uh, I've been debating very hard if I want to get a brawl deck or not. I mean, I wouldn't even I wouldn't see why not. Yeah. Um. We've been waiting for a Mardu Knights Commander forever. Yeah. Uh, like a proper Knights Commander and a six drop Sir Gwyn, Hero of Asheville. Uh, three and Mardu, so red, white, black, uh, is a 5 5 with Vigilance and Menace. And whenever an equipped creature you control attacks, you draw a card, you lose a life. And equipped equipment you control have equipped Knight, zero. So, knights, you know, I just, I think it's super good. Um, like I said, that's an archetype that has been around, like, knights have a lot of support cards. Oh, yeah. They just never had anyone to really, truly helm the deck. Yeah. But uh, this is in pretty much some of the best colors for knights, so. I agree. Um, minus the exception of Morphicon, um, yeah, I think he, or... I think it's a she, is a amazing commander. Um, just alone, like with some of the cards coming out of that deck, like uh, Mace of the Valiant, uh, for two colorless and a white, it's an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each charge counter on Mace of the Valiant and it has vigilance. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a charge counter on it. Equip is for three. 
So obviously if uh, Sir Gwen is on board, you just equip it to any knight for free, and then um, hopefully it's been on the battlefield for a couple turns. Could be a big old creature for you. Yeah, and I mean, we got some more... Uh, we basically got all of the shard commanders. We got a couple mm -hmm. shards and a couple wedges. Yeah. Um, so we got the Chulain for the Bant. Uh, we got, what was her name? Alila. Yeah, I think uh, so. For Esper artifacts. Um, soup, I think she's actually probably one of the better ones. Um, she's a four drop flying death touch lifelink. Uh, just a kitchen sink full of stuff. Uh, two, three other creatures you control with flying get 1 0. And whenever you cast an artifact or enchantment spell, create a 1 1 blue fairy creature token flying. Yeah, really good. So it allows you to run less creatures because you're just going to make them. And Esper can just be really grindy yeah. how it is. And with the enchantment, and obviously the artifact is a blue thing, uh, enchantment is a really heavy white color or colored identity. Um, that is kind of, yeah, you, it makes the deck. Um, you're getting two one dudes instead of just one one dudes. Like, yeah, she's really strong. I think she. I think she's kind of the mid-range of the Brawl commanders. Um, the other two are uh, Carvel, Fey Cursed King, uh, for two, a black, a red, and a green. He has flying, uh, and a, he is a 4-4. Whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, sacrifice another permanent. Whenever you sacrifice a permanent, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Carvel and draw a card. Uh, I think I don't. I didn't see the deck list, but I had heard of some stuff of like him being quote unquote baby brush, and him kind of taking the place of the food chain commander theme. I don't know how it would necessarily work not being able to get extra uh, like stuff to sacrifice to him. I think the thing about his brawl deck is going to be centered around food. I agree. So like he eats a food, and then he gets bigger. Yeah. Which, sacrificing food to draw a card would be way better than what food actually does, <laughs> like, in as a mechanic, which is, was it tap three or tap two? Tap two, you gain three life. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. No like. It's not an investigate, people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've noticed the last couple of days they've been releasing more um, food-oriented uh, cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like today, for instance, there was some. Uh, here, give me a second to find it. There was some stuff that basically um, you could sacrifice food. This creature would get uh, have to be blocked by certain creatures. Uh, sacrifice of food and pay an ability. Target creature gets neg three, neg three. Um, sacrifice of food that bring this creature back so there is a big uh theme with doing it and i think that's more the route to do than having to worry about sacrificing it and gain three life it's kind of nice yeah. if you're backed into a corner but i don't foresee it being a big thing yeah um, definitely but and then the last commander yeah you said is chulain and we've we've talked about him before um he's the uh He's the guy you want for the Aloran commander. Yeah. I think uh, I heard he was the real spiky of the of the four decks. Um, 
I can see that. I mean, being able to, like, draw cards and play lands. Yeah. You know, with blue in your cost. Um, to be also able to, like, let's say, for instance, get a hoser uh, that will just keep on bouncing. And, like, for us in, like, the commander format, you could get, like, let's say, exclusion mage or something along those lines and just bounce something, bring it back, or play events or counter a spell, or quote-unquote counter a spell, bring it back and whatnot, and be able to uh, kind of go off of that riff for a while. As for some good cards, just uh, from the Brawl deck, if you would want to take them out and uh, throw them in some of your EDH decks, um, I'm a big fan of the Shimmer Dragon. Uh, for six, you get a 5-6 flyer, and as long as you control four or more artifacts, he has hexproof, and you get to tap two untapped artifacts, you get the draw card. So more in tune with the Urza and not like more of a competitive card but like if you're playing like in the casual play and stuff like that he's a good draw engine yeah um, anything that says like I like we were talking before anything that says draw a card without like a mana cost attached to it is generally oh yeah. pretty good oh yeah I mean most of the time I think the uh, common theme of drawing a card you have to pay two mana to draw a card I think that's what most of what people have printed before unless you're taking life usually it's either a life for a draw or it's uh two mana for a draw that's the common theme i've seen um what about uh steelbane hydra big turtle hydra yeah the x and two green you uh he enters the battlefield with x counters on him and then uh for a for two and a green, remove a plus one plus one counter from Steel Brain Hydra. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yeah, I mean that just they just gave a uh, nice new Hydra out of the core set, and Gargos. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, he can enter the battlefield with what four four counters for free. Yep. And then yeah, just start going to town with just munching off some uh, artifacts and enchantments. Is there anything you saw? Um, just even less, you know, impactful than the, the Hydra, just the new Mana Rock, the yeah. Arcane Signet. I can't wait to get that. Yeah, it's just, it's two mana for a better Felwar Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's going to be replacing Felwar Stone in most of my decks. Yeah, same. Like, I really don't care what you're, what mana you're making, I need to make the mana I need to make, and this yeah. does just that, so. Um... I mean, I don't necessarily want to cut the rock. It's I've become very attached to it in my decks and stuff like that, just to be able to generate like even like whether it's a colorless or anything like that, just to get me a little bit further. Um, but think about it. Yeah, arcane it signet is, it is, is not is just a strict upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to keep both in the deck, but if it comes down to it, yeah, the Felwar Stone is getting the axe, and yeah, the definitely. signet is going in. Um, I think it's cool that, A, we're getting a new Command Tower artwork. Yeah, uh, it does little, look pretty sick. A little sad that it didn't come out uh, for Commander, but hey. Uh, and I also think it's cool that even though these cards don't get printed in the set, they are still legal in the set. So technically, Command Tower is a standard legal card. Which is hilarious. It is. It's funny to me. I mean, you can't, you can't use it, but if you really find some way shape or form be my guest um what do you think of the tome of legends card? that's the page counter artifact yeah. right and yeah for two colorless uh 
enters the battlefield with a page counter on it. Whenever a commander enters, whenever your commander enters the battlefield or attacks, put a page counter on Tome of Legends. For a colorless tap, remove a page counter from Tome of Legends. Draw a card. Um, it seems okay. I do feel that it won't be in any of the more competitive strategies. No. But uh, it's a decent draw engine, especially if you're running a Voltron-style commander or something like that where you're going to be attacking and taking advantage of the page counters. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like m- most of the decks I run, it'll get one page counter when my commander comes in, and then the next time it comes in, because <laughs> I don't really attack a lot. Yeah, um... Yeah, you don't attack a lot. I mean, I run a lot of control decks to where I'm not attacking. So, like, yeah, it's not going to do me any good. I'm sure there are things out there like uh, Gearhead, I think, that will be a nice card for Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Especially since you're lacking the blue to draw cards. Um, (coughs) uh, White and red have new draw power and stuff like that. White and red have been getting a lot of good support lately for Commander. Definitely, and I feel like when they started that mechanic of uh, the red exiling yeah that is essentially draw but you lose it the uh, i think it was called impulse drawing yeah i think that's what it um is. so it's like you technically can play it but it will remain exiled yeah if you don't yeah that's the only downside to that and like especially if you get like a land and you've already played your land drop for the turn and stuff like that. That kind of sucks. You lose out on a land. But, I mean, I guess that, in a way, is deck thinning, so you could possibly get a better draw the next turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Toma Legend isn't going to go into my decks. If I end up bra- buying the Brawl deck uh, that I want, which is Sir Gwen, I, it'll stay. I think that would be uh, pretty good to be able to. Oh, yeah, I'm, it's I'm a, swinging it's a, with her yeah, anyway. definitely. So, um, you know, I would, put, I would put Tome of Legends into a... A Sir Gwen deck, not a Chulain deck. Yeah. You know, Chulain, not really going to take advantage of it, isn't really the the core of the strategy, mm-hmm. you know, dealing commander damage. But, uh, I mean, definitely, you know, I want to know that what the people, you know, listening, what what you guys do, what's your what's your meta like? You know? Yeah. I know that the, the Comics Vault meta is a little bit spiky and yeah, we're a, we're a lot of cutthroats. control and uh, combo players and you know things like that but uh you know sometimes you just i just want to be a timmy sometimes and yeah you know swing with big beefy creatures or you know beat someone for commander damage and but uh, definitely interested if you want to uh look us up we're the commander's vault on instagram and facebook um just join our page uh let us know what you think definitely um yeah, uh, that's a really interesting question. Like I, like I, like you said, we are kind of spiky up here. Um, a lot of the people who were here longer, I think, has kind of warped the meta. I know you warped my. I was meta gonna say hard. you could just <laughs> at me. I'm yeah. right here. You, you, know, you, you gotta, like, warped like my meta hard. Um, but even before that, like when we when I first started coming down, like my meta changed like hard drastically yeah and then um whenever we started playing even more it changed it evolutioned again and yeah it's i like it because it made it's made me a better player but like i know like i i get some some feel bads people coming in here and i i kind of feel bad myself so like sometimes i have to cool it but i mean 
like I know I've told you like personally this story, but I, I think I'm gonna tell it right here. The uh, the kings of the the shit pile story. Mm. Um, it was one of my friends. This was back when Commander was not really a format. Uh, it had just been picked up on the radar by Wizards, and the and essentially what happened was. I was playing with one of my friends, and his name was uh, Matt Zach. And Matt and I were the two titans of our EDH group. You know, we we played, and I bought some expensive cards for my deck, and Matt did the same. And just the money invested, we were just essentially dominating our groups. Yeah. If it if it wasn't him winning, it was me. If it wasn't me winning, it was him. And one day, Matt came up to me and he said. Hey, uh, a couple of my friends, they also play uh, EDH, and they want to come play with us. And I said, oh, yeah, definitely, you know, bring them over. And um, so he he brought uh, two of his friends over, and, you know, we sat down. And the one player was playing uh, Mile the Anima, and the other was playing uh, Sirku Demir Lobotomist. Ooh. And... What ended up happening was uh, Matt was playing uh, Gave, okay. uh, Guru of Spores, and I was playing Captain Sise. And Matt and I didn't do anything the entire game. Uh, the Mile and the Surku player uh, kept us crushed underfoot. Uh, we were we were exchanging these very horrid glances at each other like <laughs> I can't do anything can you and then he would just he would just slowly shake his head at me and uh, you know it was like it was like Matt and I were were two people fighting you know while the Titans were battling above us like yeah. we were slap fighting and you know <laughs> and then so the Mael deck drops a turn three lurking predators and then two turns later has like a uh, what was it? what's her name Gisela mm-hmm. or Gisela yeah, uh, Blade of Gold Knight and like two other fat angels, and uh, the Sirku player is just destroying our board with like Damnation, which was an extremely expensive card at the time, and uh, it was pretty nuts. So I, I didn't do anything, and Matt didn't do anything. We were crushed pretty handily, and when they left, uh, when his friends left. I essentially was sitting on the couch and I was talking to him and I was like, I have never been destroyed that hard in a game of magic ever in my life. I've never been been in a game of magic where I felt truly hopeless. Like there was not a card in my deck that was going to get me out of these situations. No line of play, no tactical thinking. It was like, I was so crushed and we just looked at each other and we were like, we were uh, kings of the shit pile. Yeah. You know? And it really was a wake-up call. And, and, you know, I I didn't get mad at those two dudes uh, for their card selection or their cutthroat ability. I was just like, man, I really need to get better at this format. You know, I need to pick up better synergies and get different cards and things like that. And uh, that's what made me into, like, the spiky... CDH player that I am yeah. today was that game. I remember it in Matt's kitchen table. I will never that will stay with me for as long as I live. Because yeah, I do remember you telling me that story. Genre um, defining for me. Yeah, my kind of genre defining the moment. Um, 
I, me and Trevor were getting into CDH at the time, and we were kind of baby stepping into it. And um, I think I had a Rafik, which he isn't a competitive commander, but like I had made him so tuned to the fact to where he was, he was fast. Either like you were able, you had to get your combo off faster, like within uh, by turn four or five, I was going to kill you. Um, and then you, we started being able to play some more, me and you, and then my, I sat down, like, I, I'm not, like, knocking on my decks, they weren't, like, uh, shit decks or anything like that, but you just kind of thrashed me around a good bit, and I was just like, huh, well, now I gotta just, just start playing dirtier. Yeah, exactly, it wasn't like a, you know, screw that guy for playing his card selection and whatever, it was just like, man, I really want to make my decks better because I don't want to lose like that. Yeah, guy. yeah. You know? Um, when I realized, the time I realized I was like a true spike player is I was sitting at the table with Trevor and my buddy Wesley. And Wesley was like, let's just do this. Uh, let me have let me have my hand or something along those lines. And Trevor had done something and there was this big stack, like Cyclonic was on the stack and stuff like that. Um, and in doing so, like I windfalled after everything resolved and like Cyclonic had sent everything back to their hands and like I was oh just like, my. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, after that, I, I just kind of like thought to myself, I was like, after, well after the game, I had thought to myself, I was like, man, I just kind of feel shitty right now. That's, I some, that's something that. JB would have done to me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, then uh, another time, uh, same Wesley, uh, Trevor, and then Richard was sitting there with my buddy Richard, and uh, we got in this big fight to where uh, we were going back and forth, and he had drawn a bunch of cards. I had a Jenga Taxis on board, and he had a Thought Vessel on board, and I blew up his Thought Vessel after <laughs> everything went down. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, yeah. He was a little salty at me for that one. I, I had I did I did go up and I was like, Hey man, I'm sorry, like to both of them whenever both instances went down, I was like, I don't mean to get like that, I just I can get competitive sometimes and yeah. I apologize. No, I mean you know, I also had another time where I had just started uh coming playing in Altoona. I was uh actually playing at a card shop called uh, Snake Eyes and uh EDH was the only format I played. And I walked in, and there was a group of players playing EDH. And this girl came up to me, and uh, she said, I had asked one of the tables, like, if I could play commander with them. And she says, well, I'm the queen of EDH in this shop. And if you want to play with us, you got to play me first. And I said, yeah, okay. It was kind of weird. Like, I've never, I had never been approached like that, like... You have to yeah, pay the toll take. to like play EDH. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So um, I smashed, I destroyed that the the so-called queen of EDH, and uh, I just the first game I was just like, oh, I hope that the other players are like more competitive, or I'm just gonna seem like a big, you know, big you know dickhead. Yeah. So. Didn't you tell me it was like Kamal uh, or Kamal and um, Elsha? That uh, Elish Norn. Ella, Ella, yeah, Elish Norn. Yeah, no, that was the second game. That was uh, the second game. Yeah, 
Uh, she played Una, Queen of the Fae. So she was on Blue Black. And I managed to snag out an entwined tooth and nail on, like, turn six. Oh, wow. For Kamal and uh, Elish Norn mm-hmm. uh, with some green mana left up. And I blew up one of her lands. And this the second game we'd ever played together. I blew up one of her lands. And she said, we don't do land destruction in this <laughs> shop. And I was like, why? It's such a valid strategy. And she's like, if you blow up any more of my islands, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I blew up the rest of her swamps. Like, I blew up all her swamps. So I was like, okay. I did not touch the islands. They are right there. There you go. And then uh, it only took, like, two more turns after that before I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm just overrunning Kamal for a lot. And, man, you know, and it's just times like that where, I like, I do feel like... I, I didn't have a lot of EDH decks at the time. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of tailored my EDH library, so to speak, to different power levels. And, like, I don't... Like, I have a CEDH Narset deck, but I don't play that in any games other than when someone's like, oh, let's play CEDH. Yeah. You know, and they're pulling out, you know, Arco... Well, post... <laughs> pre pre paradox engine man you know it was arkham and uh thrasios timna and first sliver you know yeah. i would play like i would play narset into that and i'd feel pretty confident that it was going to be a pretty intense game um, yeah there have been a couple games where we've sat down and played oh. competitive like, yep. i remember the first time <laughs> we played competitive yep. <laughs> it was me uh trevor jb and the owner of the shop neil we all sat down and it was literally we all had guns pointed toward each other the it whole was time. mexican standoff yeah it was everyone was just gun to everybody else's head it was like who's gonna combo off who's got the responses um and i ended up winning that game uh because trevor had floated the wrong amount of mana and yeah. then, like, used it inappropriately. Like, yeah. he made one wrong decision where he was trying to resolve food chain with Prosh and was you, just not going to be able to do it yeah, you after had gone the line swords. of play that he did. Didn't you swords his Prosh on In, top of yeah, that? Yeah, he was casting food chain with uh, Prosh. He cast food chain first. Pro- he was casting Prosh, and I... No, opposite. Yeah. Prosh was on board. He was casting food chain. And I removed Prosh in response to the food chain cast, which uh, made it so that he could no longer combo. And then I infinite combat stepped with Narset and mm-hmm. ended the game. Uh, yeah, I think it was like two turn cycles where we all tried to go off. Yeah. Like literally yep, one yep. after the other. Like I think you started us off. Some we, one of us stopped you. Uh, Neil tried to go off. One of us stopped him. I tried to go off. I stopped you. Yeah, I got stopped, and then yeah, Trevor. Then and then finally, you you were able to pull it out. It was an awesome game. Oh, I love that game. It's, see, you know, I I really like the casual EDH game, mm-hmm. but sometimes, man, those CDH games, <sighs> your just blood is just boiling. Yeah, you know, you're just like, oh man, it's so tense. Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of that kind of thought process and play style that have you know made 
even you know you now are arch enemies of the shop yeah. you know like myself it's just if i sit down in a pod of people uh i usually just get focus fired which is fair like i i used to get really mad about it now i just like okay you know there was uh there are times that yeah i do as well i've noticed you as well get focused out of a game just because of past games and honestly honestly i hate that i that blood makes my blood hey like i was like that i was like man that was like two games ago you need to get over it but now i'm just like hey man you're gonna waste all your resources just focusing me down and uh, the guy who didn't focus me down is just gonna clap the both of you so whatever yeah uh like I know something that would have made my blood boil uh, a couple years back is in our play group, it was kind of taboo to honestly blow up lands huh. and uh, <laughs> mill people out and stuff like that. And getting into the uh, CDH meta to where like a combo could be essentially milling somebody out, whether it's drawing, having them draw their library or actually mill themselves. Uh, you just kind of get over it after a while. Like you have, Lord, you have Lord Wingrace, and no, he doesn't rear his head that much anymore. But he is a pain in the ass in order to take on. He's hard. <laughs> there have been a couple times, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where I've tried to pack the negation his thing, and he's like, "Oh yeah, cool," and then uh, goes to blow up one of my blue sources to where I die the next turn. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, get checked, son. Like, <laughs> you know, don't don't step up with that pack if uh, you got. Only two blue mana, because I will, uh, I will bring back, uh, you know, strip mine twice and yeah. destroy them. Yeah, it is. You, I've noticed a lot since you have so much under your belt and stuff like that. You see things that even I don't even pick up on right off the bat. Like some, like something like that. I honestly, I don't pick that up until you pointed that out and like, oh, now I, I look for that type of things. Um, yeah, just you're. I mean, you are a better player than I am. Oh, no, don't be like that. No, it's just like I've had those things done to me. Fair. In an environment where it was like I'm trying to win so hard that I don't see a synergy. Like they're going to bring, you know, they're going to get their strip mine or whatever and Mm -hmm. blow up my lands so that I can't pay for this pact. You know, it just like I have been hit with that and I'm just like, man. That's really good. Yeah. I, it's because it it's is. not even that. It's not even that they lost me the game. I lost me the game by playing this card that says you can lose the game. You know, yeah. it was just like wow. It was just a gamble that I took and it didn't pay off. And, uh, yeah, that is something. And uh, Trevor told, tells me all the time because uh, I had a food chain um, Tazri deck that I am one to live on the wild side and try to do the pact negation wherever I have a limited mana base like that. I uh, the um, infernal tutors and stuff like that where you go to uh, basically remove cards until you get to get the card that you want yeah. and stuff. I would always kind of live kind of dangerously. Demonic consultation yeah. and things like that. I've actually killed myself that way. Like, uh, whether Food Chain's been in the top six or <laughs> it's on the bottom of my library and all my other stuff is gone. So, But, uh, yeah, you live and you learn. And, um, yeah, you just kind of got to get back out there next time and hopefully... Hopefully you remember what you what you effed up the first time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, speaking of get back out there, we just want to remind everybody that uh, we are doing the Arch Enemy Tournament uh, here at the Comics Vault. And that will be the Saturday after the Throne of Eldraine release. Um, like I said, prizes are going to be pretty sick. We'll have more details on that uh, probably on the next 
uh, podcast. We'll also have a uh, an entry fee, whatever yeah. that gets decided, uh, which will be based pretty much what that will depend on what the prize pool is and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, just once again, we're gonna we're gonna try and wrap it up here, and uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, the Comics Vault, for letting us uh, do what we want to do, which is uh, sit around and talk about magic. Yeah, I we really appreciate it, and we appreciate all the feedback you guys give us, and uh, we hope to hear more from you guys, whether it's deck techs or uh, like JB had asked earlier, uh, give us what your meta's like. I'm always interested. Um, yeah. But that'll kind of wrap us up for tonight. Uh, we'll have more uh, Throne of Eldraine spoilers for next time. Um, I'm Adam. I'm JB. And have a good one, guys. Yep.